Daniel chapter 1 In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered into his hand Jehoiakim, king of Judah, along with some of the articles from the house of God. He carried these off to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, where he put them in the treasury of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his court officials, to bring in some Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without blemish, handsome, gifted in all wisdom, knowledgeable, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace, and to teach them the language and literature of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them daily provisions of the royal food and wine. They were to be trained for three years, after which they were to enter the king's service. Among these young men were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel he gave the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's food or wine. So he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. Now God had granted Daniel favor and compassion from the chief official. But he said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has assigned your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking thinner than those of the other young men your age? You would endanger my head before the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given only vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearances with those of the young men who are eating the royal food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he consented to this and tested them for ten days. And at the end of ten days they looked healthier and better nourished, than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the steward continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink, and he gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men God gave knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom, and Daniel had insight into all kinds of visions and dreams. Now at the end of the time specified by the king, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar, And the king spoke with them, and among all the young men he found no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Chapter 2 In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled his spirit, and sleep escaped him. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to explain his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to understand it. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, may you live forever! Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king replied to the astrologers, My word is final. If you do not tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be cut into pieces, and your houses will be reduced to rubble. But if you tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and its interpretation. 
They answered a second time, Let the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will give the interpretation. The king replied, I know for sure that you are stalling for time, because you see that my word is final. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one decree for you. You have conspired to speak before me false and fraudulent words, hoping the situation will change. Therefore tell me the dream, and I will know that you can give me its interpretation. The astrologers answered the king, No one on earth can do what the king requests. No king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. What the king requests is so difficult that no one can tell it to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. This response made the king so furious with anger that he gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out that the wise men were to be executed, and men went to look for Daniel and his friends to execute them. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon, Daniel replied with discretion and tact, Why is the decree from the king so harsh? he asked. At this time, Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give him the interpretation. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, urging them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his friends would not be killed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, and he blessed the God of heaven and declared, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, because you have given me wisdom and power. And now you have made known to me what we have requested, for you have made known to us the dream of the king. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will give him the interpretation. Arioch hastily brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I found a man among the exiles from Judah who will tell the king the interpretation. The king responded to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. Are you able to tell me what I saw in the dream? as well as its interpretation. Daniel answered the king, No wise man, enchanter, medium, or magician can explain to the king the mystery of which he inquires. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the latter days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay on your bed were these. As you lay on your bed, O king, your thoughts turn to the future, and the revealer of mysteries made known to you what will happen. And to me this mystery has been revealed, not because I have more wisdom than any man alive, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king, and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. As you, O king, were watching, a great statue appeared. A great and dazzling statue stood before you, and its form was awesome. The head of the statue was pure gold, 
Its chest and arms were silver, its belly and thighs were bronze, its legs were iron, and its feet were part iron and part clay. As you watched, a stone was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold were shattered and became like chaff on the threshing floor in summer. The wind carried them away, and not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that had struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given sovereignty, power, strength, and glory. Wherever the sons of men or beasts of the field or birds of the air dwell, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. But after you there will arise another kingdom inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom as strong as iron, for iron shatters and crushes all things. And like iron that crushes all things, it will shatter and crush all the others. And just as you saw that the feet and toes were made partly of fired clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet some of the strength of iron will be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with clay, so the peoples will mix with one another, but will not hold together any more than iron mixes with clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will shatter all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, but will itself stand forever. And just as you saw a stone being cut out of the mountain without human hands, and it shattered the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, so the great God has told the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. At this, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, paid homage to Daniel, and ordered that an offering of incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Your God is truly the God of gods and Lord of kings, the revealer of mysteries, since you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many generous gifts. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon, and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. And at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to manage the province of Babylon, while Daniel remained in the king's court. Chapter 3 King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue, sixty cubits high and six cubits wide, and he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other officials of the provinces to attend the dedication of the statue he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, 
judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, O people of every nation and language, this is what you are commanded. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, the people of every nation and language would fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and maliciously accused the Jews, saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, may you live forever. You, O king, have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the golden statue, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing fiery furnace. But there are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have ignored you, O king, and have refused to serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, furious with rage, summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden statue I have set up? Now if you are ready, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the statue I've made. But if you refuse to worship, you will be thrown at once into the blazing fiery furnace. Then what God will be able to deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If the God whom we serve exists, then he is able to deliver us from the blazing fiery furnace and from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. At this, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times hotter than usual, and he commanded some mighty men of valor in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing fiery furnace. So they were tied up, wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, and they were thrown into the blazing fiery furnace. The king's command was so urgent, and the furnace so hot, that the fiery flames killed the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, firmly bound, fell into the blazing fiery furnace. Suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and asked his advisors, Did we not throw three men firmly bound into the fire? Certainly, O king, they replied. Look, he exclaimed, I see four men, unbound and unharmed, walking around in the fire, and the fourth 
looks like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar approached the door of the blazing fiery furnace and called out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and when the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors had gathered around, they saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected, and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar declared, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses reduced to rubble, for there is no other god who can deliver in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Chapter 4 King Nebuchadnezzar To the people of every nation and language who dwell in all the earth, may your prosperity be multiplied. I am pleased to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs! How mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I had a dream, and it frightened me. While in my bed, the images and visions in my mind alarmed me. So I issued a decree that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came in, I told them the dream, and they could not interpret it for me. But at last, into my presence came Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream. O oh, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery baffles you. So explain to me the visions I saw in my dream and their interpretation. In these visions of my mind as I was lying in bed, I saw this come to pass. There was a tree in the midst of the land, and its height was great. The tree grew large and strong, its top reached the sky, and it was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit was abundant, and upon it was food for all. Under it the beasts of the field found shelter, in its branches the birds of the air nested, and from it every creature was fed. As I lay on my bed I also saw in the visions of my mind a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called out in a loud voice, Cut down the tree and chop off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump with its roots in the ground and a band of iron and bronze around it in the tender grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let him be given the mind of a beast till seven times pass him by. This decision is the decree of the watchers, the verdict declared by the holy ones, so that the living will know that the Most High rules over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whom he wishes, setting over it the lowliest of men.
This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because none of the wise men of my kingdom can interpret it for me. But you are able, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. For a time, Daniel, who was also known as Belteshazzar, was perplexed, and his thoughts alarmed him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. My lord, replied Belteshazzar, may the dream apply to those who hate you and its interpretation to your enemies. The tree you saw that grew large and strong, whose top reached the sky and was visible to all the earth, whose foliage was beautiful and whose fruit was abundant, providing food for all under which the beasts of the field lived, and in whose branches the birds of the air nested. You, O king, are that tree. For you have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown to reach the sky, and your dominion extends to the ends of the earth. And you, O king, saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump with its roots in the ground, and a band of iron and bronze around it in the tender grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass him by. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree that the Most High has issued against my lord the king. You will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field. You will feed on grass like an ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass you by until you acknowledge that the Most High rules over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whom he wishes. As for the command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots, your kingdom will be restored to you as soon as you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, may my advice be pleasing to you, O king. Break away from your sins by doing what is right, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed. Perhaps there will be an extension of your prosperity. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, the king exclaimed, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built by the might of my power, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven, It is decreed to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, that the kingdom has departed from you. You will be driven away from mankind to live with the beasts of the field, and you will feed on grass like an ox. And seven times will pass you by until you acknowledge that the Most High rules over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whom he wishes. At that moment, the sentence against Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from mankind. He ate grass like an ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. But at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven, and my sanity was restored to me. Then I praised the Most High, and I honored and glorified him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does as he pleases with the army of heaven and the peoples of the earth. There is no one who can restrain his hand or say to him, 
what have you done? At the same time, my sanity was restored. My honor and splendor returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne, and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven, for all his works are true, and all his ways are just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Later, King Belshazzar held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. Under the influence of the wine, Belshazzar gave orders to bring in the gold and silver vessels that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king could drink from them, along with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. Thus they brought in the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king drank from them, along with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. As they drank the wine, they praised their gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. At that moment, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. As the king watched the hand that was writing, his face grew pale and his thoughts so alarmed him that his hips gave way and his knees knocked together. The king called out for the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners to be brought in, and he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this inscription and tells me its interpretation will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the inscription or interpret it for him. Then King Belshazzar became even more terrified. His face grew even more pale, and his nobles were bewildered. Hearing the outcry of the king and his nobles, the queen entered the banquet hall. Oh, king, may you live forever, she said. Do not let your thoughts terrify you or your face grow pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the days of your father he was found to have insight, intelligence, and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Your own father, the king, did this because Daniel, the one he named Belshazzar, was found to have an extraordinary spirit, as well as knowledge, understanding, and the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Summon Daniel, therefore, and he will give you the interpretation. So Daniel was brought before the king, who asked him, Are you, Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom. Now the wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this inscription and interpret it for me, but they could not give its interpretation. But I've heard about you that you are able to give interpretations and solve difficult problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. In response, Daniel said to the king, You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the inscription for the king, and interpret it for him. 
As for you, O King, the Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness, glory and honor. Because of the greatness that he bestowed on him, the people of every nation and language trembled in fear before him. He killed whom he wished and kept alive whom he wished. He exalted whom he wished and humbled whom he wished. But when his heart became arrogant and his spirit was hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven away from mankind and his mind was like that of a beast. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like an ox and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God rules over the kingdom of mankind, setting over it whom he wishes. But you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew all this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven. The vessels from his house were brought to you, and as you drank wine from them with your nobles, wives, and concubines, you praised your gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you have failed to glorify the God who holds in his hand your very breath and all your ways. Therefore, he has sent the hand that wrote the inscription. Now this is the inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel Parson. And this is the interpretation of the message. Mene means that God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the scales and found deficient. Paris means that your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel in purple, placed a gold chain around his neck, and proclaimed him the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of sixty-two. Chapter 6 Now it pleased Darius to appoint one hundred twenty satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, and over them three administrators, including Daniel, to whom these satraps were accountable so that the king would not suffer loss. Soon, by his extraordinary spirit, Daniel distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps, so the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Thus the administrators and satraps sought a charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption because he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Finally these men said, We'll never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said, O oh, King Darius, may you live forever. All the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce a decree that for thirty days anyone who petitions any god or man except you, O oh king, will be thrown into the den of lions. Therefore, O king, establish the decree and sign the document so that it cannot be changed in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. 
Now when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, where the windows of his upper room opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and asked about his royal decree. Did you not sign a decree that for thirty days any man who petitions any god or man except you, O king, will be thrown into the den of lions? The king replied, According to the law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands, and it cannot be repealed. Then they told the king, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, shows no regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed. He still makes his petition three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel, and he labored until sundown to rescue him. Then the men approached the king together and said to him, Remember, O king, that by the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or ordinance established by the king can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that nothing concerning Daniel could be changed. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No entertainment was brought before him, and sleep fled from him. At the first sight of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. When he reached the den, he cried out in a voice of anguish, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel replied, O king, may you live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They've not hurt me, for I was found innocent in his sight, and I've done no wrong against you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wounds whatsoever were found on him, because he had trusted in his God. At the command of the king, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions, they and their children and wives. And before they had reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to the people of every nation and language throughout the land, May your prosperity abound! I hereby decree that in every part of my kingdom, Men are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his dominion will never end. He delivers and rescues. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian.